Hello, America. Uh, welcome to the podcast. This is one that you should listen to the long form podcast if you have time. There is so much information that you need to know. We, we talk about the convention, a great convention. We didn't even get to really in any of the real highlights. Uh, like I thought the, um, the citizen swearing in of new citizens was fantastic. I, I thought the, the uh, pardon was fantastic. But unfortunately, there's also pressing news coming out of Wisconsin. I, I fear for the lives of some of these reporters from the Daily Caller and from the Blaze and, and, uh, and others that are putting themselves on the front line. And there was a bad shooting yesterday. There's some really dicey stuff going on now in the streets. And we must be careful of our move because we are about to win. And if we react incorrectly, uh, it's going to hurt our case. But we talk about that. We, we also uh, talk about the special that is happening on Wednesday night. There's, there's, there's stuff happening in your schools that is, that's all new. You're not going to hear about it anyplace else. And not because, of, uh, not because people don't care. Some people do care. It's just overwhelming. We had 800 files that were dumped and we've been going through them and it's shocking about what's happening with the teachers union and what's happening in the te- with the teachers we we need your help it's all going to be posted at glenbeck.com and we need your help we need people who are interested to go through these things uh, but today is a very important show please don't miss a second of it you're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I want you to listen to this quickly. This this confirms what I'm saying. You're about to win. Listen to the freak out on the riots with CNN. Don, and what's happening in Wisconsin, it's a Rorschach test for where this country is. And I think it probably represents the biggest threat to the Democratic cause. But oh. when you said it's too little, too late, I don't know about that. I mean, we still have a lot of time left. Until Election Day. And I do think that uh, this what you said was happening in Kenosha is a Rorschach test for the entire country. And I think this is a blind spot for Democrats. You think? I think Democrats are ignoring this problem or hoping that it will Depressed. go away and it's not going to go away. And so unless someone comes up with a solution over the next 73 days, 68 like, days, 68 days. So it's not going to the, the problem is not going to be fixed by then. But what they can do, and I think maybe Joe Biden may be afraid to do it. I'm not Mm. sure. Maybe he won't. Maybe he is. He's got to address it. He's got to come out and talk about it. Stop this. Look look at what's happening. Look what's happening. They know they're losing. Do you think that CNN wants to say bad things about the Democratic Party, wants to tie these riots into the silence. They are the most silent. The media is not covering it. They've been the, calling them protests for months, and protest, now all of a sudden they're returning back into riots they're, because they're seeing it in the polls. Yes. They're seeing that people yes. are turning against Democrats in the polls. And the thing that they need is somebody to respond to it that is anybody that they could even say, he saw a picture of Hitler when he was in third grade. He's a Hitler youth. That I mean, the, anything. They will use anything. You're on the verge of winning. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
They are being exposed for who they are in their arrogance. They are being exposed. Donald Trump, please, somebody at the White House, please listen to me. When this coverage is happening during parts of the GOP convention, where it's talking about who we are as a nation, just put up a secondary box with live riots in one of these cities. And just say the choice is clear. The choice is clear. We're talking about a bright future for America. And this is what the Democrats are silent about. This is the America they promise. The choice is clear. Please, Republicans, start doing that. Please. It is a clear, stark choice between good and evil. Put them next to each other. And listen to the words of Martin Luther King. The best of the Glenn Beck program. If you are ready for some really great news, keep listening. Built Bar is back, and it is unbelievable. If you've been listening to my show this year, I love Built Bars. Uh, It's an all-American story. This is a client I asked to be on the show because I didn't listen to my wife again. And she's been telling me about it, but it has protein bar on it. And those always taste like a doormat. This is unbelievable. The mint brownie flavor. Oh, yes, baby. It is life-changing. The new bars taste better than ever. In addition to the 12 original flavors, Built Bar just added cookies and cream, carrot cake, caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp. I mean, it's just, it's great. Built bar delicious nutritious high protein low calorie high fiber low carbs 100 real chocolate and 100 really good plus they've reset the code for this new launch right now go to builtbar.com use the promo code back get ten dollars off your first order promo code back builtbar.com on uh, the uh, abc podcast where they were covering the convention they stumbled on to the secret combinations at the RNC convention. Listen. Last night, though, at the Republican National Convention, some of the more fringe personalities of the party were not on the fringe anymore. Mm-mm. Uh-oh. Nothing prepared me for what I saw on the screen. An unborn baby fighting back, desperate to move away mm. from the suction. Early in the evening, a former Planned Parenthood employee gave a graphic description of what she described as a horrific work environment. You see, for me, abortion is real. Mm-hmm. I know what it sounds like. I, I know what abortion smells like. Oof. Did you know abortion even had a smell? Planned Parenthood had already said her account was not supported by documents, but the real questions were over her other past comments, like when she suggested reverting to household votes where husbands voted for wives, or comments earlier this summer where she said police would be smart to profile her biracial son. Democrats pressured schools to allow boys to compete in girls' sports and use girls' locker rooms. Those are the facts. Yes, they are. And Abby Johnson is here to answer for her fact crime. Fringe personality, Abby Johnson. <laughs> Hello, Abby. How are you? <laughs> Hello. I'm doing well. Uh, your speech was very powerful. To answer your question, no, I did not know that it had a smell. And I, I'm, I'm so wildly curious, but I don't want to ever know. So thank you uh, for your, your testimony last night. Um, being a fringe candidate, let's let's or a fringe uh, uh, speaker. 
Um, let's just first ask you a couple of questions. The thing about, you know, profiling your your son, biracial son, is that because you don't trust him because he's he's mixed race? Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, I mean, he is shifty. <laughs> I just yeah, I know. You just can't I know. trust a five-year-old kid. I know he's probably out hijacking your car, carjacking your car right now, right now. Exactly, right now. Uh, right now. So, what did you he mean by fifty-five-year-old? What did you mean by that, or did you even say that? I did. I did not say that. I mean, wow. you know, I I did a video. I talked about different conversations that I'm going to have to have with my biracial son than I'm going to have to have with my white kids. And um, I basically just, I talked about statistics. I talked about violent crimes in the black community. Um, I talked about what that's going to look like for my son. Um, okay. And I got it. I got it. Somehow, somehow yeah. <laughs> that turned into me being okay with um, police profiling my yeah. uh, 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 profiling I got it. my I got my, it. My kids Any, anyone and, with the common and, sense and, and treating and, and, and treating him unjustly, which right. I, I clearly said in the video, if my son is treated unjustly because he's biracial, it's not okay. So let me just ask you this: Why do you want your husband to make all the decisions in the house and vote for you, and so I mean, you don't? Yeah, that, here's the other thing. I, I mean, I write this tweet. I, I put this tweet out. It was actually sort of a funny uh, tweet a long time ago. Like, hey guys, tell me like the most interesting, most controversial things that swirl through your head. Which we got the funniest responses. It was like the most interesting, funniest tweet I've ever put on Twitter. And um, I, I say in there, like, hey, you know what I think is interesting? The concept of household voting, you know? Um, all of a sudden now, I want to take back a woman's right to vote. Mm. Um, women should never be allowed to vote. It's and, crazy. Um, and, and you I'm, know what? I'm anti-woman. Abby, woman I, I have to tell you, the household vote, women voted. Women did vote. If the husband was dead, it was the, it was a household vote. So it didn't matter if it was male or female, who was the head of the household. And they the did it the because they wanted people to have skin in the game. So you would vote if you owned your house, you had skin in the game so you could go. But you had one vote per household. Anyway, it's I mean, why we're even talking about that is crazy. I just think it's, I just think it's an interesting concept. I mean, yeah. I never was like. Women should never be allowed to vote. But suddenly, but look, this is the thing, Glenn. They were so concerned. Here's the thing. I made it very clear what I was going to talk about in my speech. Yep. So now here come all of the leftist pro-aborts that are like, let's dig up everything she's ever said that we can completely take out of context, that we can misconstrue. And let's twist it around and let's take the yeah. focus off of what she's actually actually going to say in her talk, because she's going to expose the barbarity and the reality of abortion. We can't allow that to actually be the focus. Yep. Been there, done that. Um, so, Abby, let's talk about what you did say. Unbelievably powerful. Um, you know, there's a movie out about you that I, I, I think you are a real hero. You were a Democrat. 
and you were the employee of the year for Planned Parenthood. Um, and you talked about the Margaret Sanger Award, and I read a story a couple of days ago that they're quietly backing away from Margaret Sanger now. Do you believe any of that's genuine? No, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's just a sort of a PR stunt right now because they had, um, they had some employees come out and talk about, you know, how Planned Parenthood is racist. And uh, they talked about, these employees talked about Margaret Sanger and her jaded history. Um, and so now I think they're sort of trying to, to back away from Planned Parenthood New York came out and said, you know, we're changing the name of our building because of it and all this. But I, I don't think it's anything. I don't think there's anything genuine. Um, do, do you really believe that the um, abortion clinics of Planned Parenthood are placed in the uh, black areas of towns primarily uh, because they still want to eliminate the black race? I think it's I think it's twofold. I think that there is a, a racial component there, but I think it's also a, a business strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but when you look at the allegations that are being made by these employees that have left Planned Parenthood, um, you know, the allegations of racism. I mean, there is still definitely this this foundational racism that still flows throughout the corporate culture of Planned Parenthood. You said last night that this is the most uh, anti-abortion president we've ever had. And I think that might be true, um, but back that up. I mean, if you look at the policies that he's passed, if you look at the number of policies that he's passed, um, and if you look at the two Supreme Court justices that he has appointed and their votes on uh, on issues that have come before them, pro-life issues that have come before them, and the way that they have voted, um, I mean, it's pretty clear. Undeniable. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty clear. Um, and I mean, do we still have work to do? Absolutely. Um, but even just with the convention. I mean, there's never been a former abortion worker step on that stage. Um, I mean, life was ha, has really been a, a core component uh, of what's been raised and talk, talked about at the convention. And when you compare that to the fact that for the first time in years, no one from Planned Parenthood, no one from the abortion lobby stepped on the stage at the DNC this year, uh, that's that's pretty telling i think that it's the tide is turning the tide is turning yeah i I will tell you that uh you know i I found it interesting that the networks were saying that you know you were on you were a fringe candidate and you were on when the networks didn't cover well who's making that rule you have the list of who's on if you think this person is so dangerous and so fringy that would be the one i'd say move the commercials or you know shut stephanopoulos up or whatever we're covering this because this person is a crackpot, but they didn't cover you. 
which to me says they know that your message last night would be very effective. So don't cover it. Yeah, you know, MSNBC actually cut away to commercial as soon as I stepped up and began speaking. Um, they don't want their audience to hear what I have to say, yeah. right? Um, surprisingly, CNN, uh, they did um, air my talk. They did not cut away. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's really a game. What, I mean, it's a game. What do you think this election is really all about? Because I don't think it's about Donald Trump and Joe Biden. What does this election mean? Oh, um, I mean, I, I think that, um, I, I mean, you're right. I don't, I don't think that it's about, I don't think it's about Trump. I don't, I don't think it's about any of that. I mean, I think that, um, where do we? I, I think we're on the verge. Go I think ahead. we're on the verge of anarchy right now in our country. You know, um, I, did, I just did an hour, um, and where I said, you know, I, I think we could be in civil war by Christmas time. Uh, the, you know, this thing is coming apart at the seams. Uh, you know, all the crazy things that I was talking about in in oh eight, nine, ten, twelve. They're all. It's all happening right now, uh, and. Yeah. Uh, for the first time I looked up to Stu and I said, any of that sound like hyperbole and in the break. And he said, no, I think it all could very well happen tomorrow. And I think Americans know that. I think we all feel it. This is a choice between good and evil. And it is a choice between survival and suicide really is. I I think the left is a death cult. It's just a death cult. Well, it's lawlessness. And I don't think America wants lawlessness. And we're seeing that happen in, in cities, in democratic cities across the country right now. And I think the more that it happens, the more people are being convinced to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Abby, thank you so much for everything that you have uh, done in the past and continue to do. You are really an American hero. Uh, and uh, and thank you for your courage. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I I beg of you to uh, support and pray. For Elijah Schaefer and everyone who is working now on the streets in these riots, please pray for a, for a hedge of protection around them. Uh, yesterday, we had Elijah on, and he was talking to us about uh, you know somebody who pulled a gun out, and as we told him, he didn't realize at the time the guy dry fired. He just pulled the trigger in Elijah's face. You could hear it. Well, last night, he finds himself in the middle of a shootout where somebody is, uh, well, actually two shootouts. Uh, One guy was shot in the head. Um, The other, the shooter, Elijah had interviewed shortly before. Uh, And I, I, 
I said to him yesterday, please reconsider. But these guys are the war reporters of our day. Uh, and Elijah's joining us now. Hello, Elijah. Hello, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, so, Elijah, first of all, uh, I saw you on with uh, Stephen Crowder yesterday on The Blaze, and again, terrifying, for me at least, watching you. I, I, I wish you would come home. Um, uh, can you tell me the names of the reporters that are with you, not just with The Blaze? Who's with, who's with you every night? Yeah, Okay, so I would like to say this, too. These are the people who are with America, um, considering the fact that in, these, uh, in this event, Twitter uh, likes to curate this event as breaking news, but the people they referenced and the articles they used uh, happen to be the people who were not actually on the ground. It's a disinformation campaign. But the people who were there, I always say this, even if you don't like their commentary, video evidence does not lie yes and um we have amazing journalists there is uh george ventura from the daily caller doing great work there's also shelby talcott and richie mcginnis they're for all from daily caller and there's a couple more uh there's kaylin dalmeda um he is from scriber news their independent uh, think tank and news source uh and then we also have on top of that julio rosas from town hall uh, and then Drew from his independent from the Lives Matter show. And there's this group of people not directly connected, uh, just eager to show America what is actually happening because I think America is desperate to know and they deserve and have the right to know what's going on there. All right. Uh, Elijah, I don't know if I can get my hands on eight. I think I counted eight. Um, uh, but I am going to send up uh, bulletproof vests for you and all of these reporters i don't care if they work for the blaze or not you guys need vests so i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can raid even my my family's vests uh and get them up to you right away um and and i please wear them please wear them will you yeah i absolutely will i think I think like probably the, the, the person who's sitting there listening to this, you think, why would I need to wear a bulletproof vest on the public streets and the neighborhoods of the United States of America? Because I know, I, we all know, America is a great place, but it's, it's got its wild, it's got its wild uh, characteristics. And, and there are certain areas and certain jobs that maybe would require them, but Using a camera and just filming what are, are constitutional rights should that put you in in the path of of, of bullets? Tell America what to, think so. tell America what you witnessed last night. What happened last night? Okay, uh, I need to give a precursor, which is something that at least we we do at at Blaze, but they don't do everywhere else. And just let you know that all this is alleged that people are innocent until proven guilty, and so all of these uh, details. Um, should be scrutinized and we're still putting some of the story together and we don't know everything. Uh, but I will tell you this, that uh, I was following some black block, what appeared to be Antifa inspired individuals as well as black lives matter rioters. Uh, this is during a state of emergency violating a curfew and in an unlawful and illegal assembly declared by the sheriffs and uh, local law enforcement 
we were pushed back uh, outside of the uptown Kenosha, Wisconsin area. Now, by who you were pushed back by who? We are pushed back by the law enforcement okay. who uh, the uh, mayor was given emergency powers to uh, handle and to disperse rioters. Now, Washington Post, uh, I will say, called the victims in this shooting uh, protesters, and I'll tell you why they're wrong. Um, this group I was following uh, was armed with metal bats, with hammers, and in some cases, bricks, uh, or in finding large stones. We came upon a car lot, uh, sort of like a car shop. And immediately, uh, like any peaceful protester would do, fighting for uh, equality and against police brutality, they uh, decided to completely destroy every single vehicle that they could lay their eyes on. And not just through minor, you know, kicks and bumps. Mm -hmm. I mean, throwing boulders through the front window till glass shattered, one by one taking hammers and knocking out windows and lights. And even to the point, a brand new looking Infinity SUV, something that a family probably used, somebody loves. You know, cars are a part of our lives. Lighting it on, trying, lighting it on fire. I mean, just straight up being arsons. Um, they were they were taking apart every car piece by piece. And the worst part is, is according to one of the rioters who was with the group, he's going, that's my lot. That's my, my, my place. So the tables have turned. The rioters can't even tell who's their own, destroying their own city right before this happened. Um, this was chaos. This was anarchy. This wasn't just rioting. This was felony criminal targeting of private property. Okay, so then you do an interview with somebody um, and they're being labeled today as white supremacists. Yeah, you know, um, unfortunately for us uh, that seek the truth, everybody who does something that is advantageous to the radical and far left agenda will be labeled a white supremacist. Even if you're black, uh, you'll be labeled that. If you're a Jew, you'll be labeled that, even if it doesn't make sense. Um, but these groups of individuals, um, I, I did something that's lost, and you know this. We actually interviewed people instead of speculating to find out who they were and what they are there for. Um, there were a couple groups, and I don't know if they're connected. There were uh, people wearing Hawaiian shirts, maybe inspired by certain um, movements, uh, like Boogaloo movements. I don't know mm -hmm. if they're directly affiliated. I don't think they were. Mm -hmm. There were also libertarian um, libertarian militia style, uh, multi-ethnic, by the way, multi-racial. And then there were some other individuals in similar fatigues that were defending businesses using CS gas. And I asked them, you know, what, what are you doing? And this is what I want to point out. I don't know if all the groups were connected organizationally, but everybody I talked to who clearly was in military, you know, yeah. uh, fatigues of some sort had two common factors. Number one, they said that they supported the riots that they, I mean, the, and the protests. In fact, they believe the insurrection against the government in some ways is part of the protected right of the people. Mm -hmm. But they also, number two, uh, continually said that they didn't believe that we had the right to attack each other's private property. And I watched as this man who we are going to find out is the alleged shooter innocent until proven guilty, and we don't even know if he's in the wrong once investigations happen. Uh, we're not sure yet what, what the full situation is. He is an EMT 
from his own words. And he was offering medical help to injured Black Lives Matter protesters. So I don't know about you, but that's a pretty bad white supremacist. Right. If not only he verbally supports the Black Lives Matter movement, but also offers medical help for people who are hurt. Okay, so but he was carrying a long rifle, was he not? Yeah, and he told me that he was he himself was only carrying lethal rounds, so that is confirmed and he was capable and willing to use lethal force if he had to to defend uh, the property of his city. Let me play the interview. Here it is. We're protecting from the citizens, and I just got pepper sprayed by a person in the crowd. So you had non-lethal, but you, you didn't respond. We don't have non-lethal. So you guys are full on ready to defend the property. Yes, we are. Hey, no, if I can ask, can you guys step back? Medical EMS right here. I'm an EMP. You need a medic. I'm. Uh, do you guys mind? So it shows that they were there to protect that air, that that particular building. But also it shows that they were providing medical and it didn't matter who was was hurt. Um, Then how about an hour later? I'm going to play the video and describe the scene. What's happening here? This is. uh, a guy laying down on the street. I think that's the guy you interviewed and he had a long rifle and he was shooting at people. Tell me what happened. Right. So, uh, while we were at the car lot, I, I do not know what started the initial altercation and the reports are still not clear. And it's okay as a reporter to just say, yeah, yeah. we need more, more video evidence. But at a certain point there was an altercation between this man and another man at the car lot. He did open fire, multiple shots, several, um, so at least more than three or four uh, in a very quick burst, which sent a lot of us running because they, you know, appeared to go through the car. I was standing right there. When you see someone raise their rifle and start shooting, uh, usually that's a good time to not be there anymore. Uh, But the moment within seconds, somebody screamed, you know, "I I shot someone. Oh, my gosh. And... People were going, I, it was just chaos for a second. I'm going, oh, man, someone got shot. And I went ahead and uh, ran, ran over as fast as possible um, right back to the situation. And a man had been what appeared to have been shot in the head. Um, I, I'm not going to get into everything else, but I know that the, the guy who, who allegedly shot him um, did take off running and Good for him, because I'm pretty sure they probably would have tried to kill him. I've seen this happen before, uh, like in Dallas. Um, mm. Whether it was justified or not, I'm not, I can't speculate. However, okay. when he was running, there, there was an uh, altercation to try to disarm him, it appears. Okay. And there was a disagreement over the rifle. And as the guy who jumped on him to try to disarm him is, got his arm badly badly shot okay um elijah schaefer please tell all of the reporters with you please please listen to promptings and and do everything you can to stay safe um elijah schaefer thank you for what you guys do